So that did get me thinking, what is the matter with kids these days? Um, and what's funny is when did that musical come out? 1961. 1961. I had 1963, but that's good. Early 60s. Some of y'all had kids at that time. Some of you were kids that time. So the question of what's the matter with kids these days has been around for a while, right? Parents and adults have been asking that question, well, since the dawn of time. <laughs> Can you imagine Adam and Eve looking at Cain and Abel and going, what's the matter with kids these days, right? And we can look at all the stories of the Old Testament and see family after family of parents scratching their heads going, what is the matter with kids these days? So, so I thought, well, let's look at Jesus. He's the perfect example. He is sinless. So what stories do we have about Jesus as an adolescent? And really, there's only one. There's only one story. There's one story about Jesus' birth in Luke. There's a story about his infancy or toddlerhood. Is that a word? That's not a word. Um, in Matthew, but there's only one story about Jesus as a youth in Luke. And I've asked John to read this for us. So John, here's the mic. Now every year his parents to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why you have treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. And he said to them, Why are you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years, and in divine and human favor. Perfect. Thanks, John. So this is the story of Jesus. Now, I want you to think about this. First of all, has anybody ever left one of their kids behind by accident? A couple of you. Nice. I like, I'd like to hear those stories. So let's go to lunch. <laughs> Days dirty away. That's right. I, I was on the youth staff at uh, um, St. Andrews years ago, and I left a kid up on the mountain on a camping trip one time and uh, didn't really realize it until I got there. And when I got off the bus and his parents came up and said, where's Dan? And I went, oh, no. So... Fortunately, we got him a ride back, but um, no stories, no, we don't have time, but um, yeah, Home Alone, so it's kind of the opposite of Home Alone, um, 
So they're in Jerusalem, they're there for the feast, and then they leave and they think that Jesus is part of the caravan heading back to Nazareth, and they, a, a day away, and they realize. And imagine, as a parent, how concerned you would be. I mean, this is a young person. And then they go back to Jerusalem, and it says for three days they're looking at him, for him. Now, I mean, I just wish I was a fly on the wall when Mary approached Je- uh, Jesus at that time, right? Where have you been? I mean, we kind of read the Bible and we say, and she asked him, why did you do this for us? And ba-da-da-da-da. I mean, just imagine the energy level. What do you think you were thinking about? da 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 Now, here's the thing. Jesus never apologized. In fact, he kind of popped off. I had to be in my father's house. He never said, I wouldn't do it again, or I'm sorry that I did it, and I was really inconsiderate, and I wasn't thinking of you, I was thinking about myself, and, or anything. He just did it, and he said, I, why were you upset? What's wrong with you? <laughs> right? And so, um, so they treasured it all in their heart, I'm sure. Um, but most parents that I know would be upset. They would be like, are you disrespecting me? How do you get off talking to me like that? Um, <laughs> you wanted to be about your father's business? I've got your father's business right here, kid. And uh, they would be in big trouble. Um, but remember, he was an adolescent. And last week I talked about, if you weren't here last week, here's, here's an interesting fact. The word bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah Bar or bat means son or daughter, and mitzvah means of the covenant. So when a child turns, when a boy turns 13, he goes through bar mitzvah. He moves from being a child of the parents to a child of the covenant. And when a girl goes 12, I don't know, a year younger, they mature faster, I guess. Um, they go through a bar mitzvah, they, or bat mitzvah, so they no longer are child children of the parents, they become children of the covenant. That's why in our tradition we have um, confirmation. Kids, that you are baptized into the church as infants. Some of you, some of you may not have been baptized yet. And when you go through confirmation, you take responsibility for yourselves. Your parents are no longer responsible for your actions. You're responsible for your own actions. So Jesus was at that age. He was becoming an adult. He was taking responsibility for himself. Now, the reality is we don't have anything more about Jesus after this until he starts his ministry 30 years later. So apparently he was grounded for 18 years. Um, So when I ask the question, what's the matter with kids these days? And I look at this story, my response is nothing. Kids are kids. Kids are growing up. They're becoming who they are. They're starting to become adults. Do I hear an amen from the kids? Amen. <laughs> um, and so what are we as adults, how should we respond to our, the kids in our lives today? Um, we should love them. We should support them. And more than anything else, we should pray for them. Pray for them. Um, So that's my word to all the adults in the congregation, and now you can um, rest and close your eyes and take a little nap. I'm going to talk to the youth, and I'm going to offer three words of advice. 
um, because that's what we as adults do. We offer advice even though when we're not asked. So I'm going to offer three words of advice. First, I'm going to ask this. If you found a lamp and you rubbed it and a genie popped out and said you can have one wish, what would you wish for? Anybody? Money. Money. (laughs) More wishes. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Just one wish. Anybody else? One wish. What would it be? My kids can be happy. Okay. Debt free. Debt free. Okay. Good health. Peace. All you can eat tacos. <laughs> A Tesla. Million dollars in cash. Okay. Nice. All right. Tax-free. I know, I was thinking half of it's going to go to the government. Okay, so <laughs> the, the reality is thousands of years ago, a boy was about to become king, and God came to him in a vision, and he asked that very question. Ask for what you want, and I will give it to you. And this is what he asked. So Trisha, I've asked Trisha to read from Second Chronicles. That night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask what I should give you. Solomon said to God, You have shown great and steadfast love to my father David and have made me succeed him as king. O O Lord God, let your promise to my father David now be fulfilled, for you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and come in before this people, for who can rule this great people of yours? God answered Solomon, Because this was in your heart, and you have not asked for positions, wealth, honor, or the love or the life of those who hate you, you have not even asked for the long life, but you have asked for wisdom and knowledge, and for yourself you may rule my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. I will also give you riches, positions, and honor, such as none of the kings who, have, who, have, who were before you, and none after you shall have this like. So Solomon came from the high place at Gibeon, from the tent of meaning to Jerusalem, and he reigned over Israel. Awesome. Thank you, Trisha. So... Oh, it's Mia. Sorry. Thank you, Mia. So what did Solomon ask for? Wisdom and knowledge, right? That's pretty good. He asked for wisdom and knowledge because he knew he was going to be a king. He was young. He was young. He was your age. He was an adolescent when he became king. And so instead of asking for wealth or possessions or stuff. Um, He was tempted to ask for endless tacos, but um, he went for wisdom and knowledge so that he could rule wisely. And God granted him that. And not only that, God granted him great wealth. Nobody has been as wealthy as King Solomon. I mean, we always hear about King Solomon's treasures, right? He was the wealthiest king in history. It's also the wisest man after Jesus in history, right? And not only that, he had 300 wives and 700 concubines. 
I don't know how wise he really was <laughs> to have that many <laughs> to have that many women in his life. But so when I was a young person, I prayed for wisdom. And I think God granted me that. I was kind of hoping for possessions and wealth and all those things. God did, and my plan didn't really work on that one. But he did give me wisdom, I think. He gave me uh, good common sense. Um, and I want you to notice at the end of Luke, in this, the passage that we read, um, that John read a minute ago. And Jesus increased in what? Wisdom. So after his adolescent years, he increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor, in favor before humankind and God. So um, there's another verse in James chapter 1. Ben's going to read it for us. If any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given you. Awesome. So, young people, I want to encourage you to pray to God and ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom. Um, I think our, our world is filled with a lot of unwise people. We need some wise people. So, not wise guys. Wisdom. Second point. Never forget who you are and whose you are. You are a child of God. You are heirs to God. You are sons and daughters. You are princes and princesses. You belong to God. You are valuable. You are precious in God's sight. Never forget that. Um, because you have that value, think of that in terms of relationships. When I do weddings, oftentimes I'll say, um, you are precious in God's sight and now you are precious to each other. Remember, you are precious in God's sight and never let anybody treat you as anything other than precious. Um, don't sell yourself short. I read this meme this past week. I thought it was great. We need to teach our daughters the difference between a man who flatters and a man who compliments her. A man who spends money on her and a man who invests in her. A man who views her as property and a man who views her properly. A man who lusts after her and a man who loves her. A man who believes he is God's gift to women. And a man who remembers a woman is God's gift to man. And then we need to teach our sons to be that kind of man. Amen? Amen. So never forget who you are and whose you are. Ladies especially, I want to tell you, there's a certain breed of hawk. Um, when it's time to mate, and hawks mate for life. That's one reason we named our son Hawk. The female grabs a stick and flies as high as she can into the air, and then she drops it. And then all the males, and the males are smaller, from the skies. <laughs> yes, Phantom of the Opera. Oh. Um, and uh, the, the males chase after it and they grab it and, and the one that brings it back to her, she takes it from him and drops it again. And she keeps doing this until there's only one male hawk left. And then she mates with that one. Don't lower your standards. Any hawk can pick up a stick and drag it to the female. Make sure you set the bar high so that they um, 
appreciate you and value you as precious. Okay? So, never forget who you are and whose you are. Pray for wisdom. And thirdly, live life with no regrets. I tell that to my couples all the time when they're getting married. I say, I don't want you to walk away from this wedding ceremony with any regrets. Like, oh, we should have done this. We shouldn't have done that. Um, Live life with no regrets. Before any decision, ask yourself, am I going to regret this tomorrow? Am I going to regret this in a week? Am I going to regret this in five years? Am I going to look back and go, what was I thinking? Live life with no regrets. Now, this doesn't mean you don't make sometimes some dangerous choices. You know, that zip line and you're looking at it and go, I don't want to do it because I'm scared I might get hurt and you walk away and then you may regret not making that decision to do it. So sometimes, whatever you do, think, look ahead. I saw a great um, uh, news op-ed the other day of a, of a um, prison warden and he was teaching his convicts chess. And when they were saying, why are you teaching them chess? He said, because these guys don't have any concept of consequences. They just react uh, without actually thinking about what can happen in the future. But chess teaches you to think about what your, what's the consequences of your decisions. So chess kind of helps you to think into the future. What a great thing. In fact, I watched that um, movie, Queen of Katwe. If you haven't seen it, it's a great movie. And her comment was, I can see plays seven, eight, nine plays ahead. Um, And that's what makes a great chess player is being able to look ahead and see the plays ahead. So think about what's going to happen and the consequences to your decisions. Road rage, nobody's thinking ahead. It's all about what's going on right now. How dare you cut me off? I'm going to do it. And it's crazy what people do. They don't think about the consequences. So live life with no regrets. Um, So, to all of us that are no longer youth, and I know some of us are young at heart, but encourage our young people. Support them. um, Pray for them. Love them. Aren't you glad they're here? I am too. So we love you guys, and we want to encourage you, and anything we can do to support you, we'll do it. Um, And let them be who they are, and let them discover who God has designed them to be and what God has designed them to do. And to the young people, I want to encourage you. Pray for wisdom. Never forget who you are and whose you are. And live life with no regrets.